What is up, football life? My, 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 we have a surprise for you guys today. Unfortunately, Randy Hammond is out sick today. Um, not much we can do about it. He took the dreaded COVID vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson one, and we're hoping for the best for Randy here. But when we need a fill-in host, I went to a man, a professional writer, a guy that understands football, not only football, but Arizona football. Now, it's not Chicago Bear football, but it's still football nonetheless. The one, the only, our good friend, Corey Decker. Corey, how the hell are you doing today? Well, I'm, do I'm doing pretty good. What about you? Living the dream, sir. You know, you only get to live life once, so I'm trying to live it to its fullest. And I would yeah. make a joke about the weather, but, you know, we're both experiencing the <laughs> 90 degree heat. Yeah, I just want to say congrats to Randy for getting that 5G. You know, that's that that's amazing, right in the arm there. Hey, you know what? I just I'm I'm waiting for my microchip. Yeah, eventually, you know, maybe I'm gonna get one right in the old arm here, and I don't know. I always joke around. I wouldn't mind an yeah. extra arm or two. Yeah, you only speak Russian for the first day since I have one vaccine. So. Uh. <laughs> Only if it was that easy to speak other languages. No kidding. But anyway, you know, a lot of people, Corey, are saying, you know, football is kind of not, not a lot going on. But oh, contraire, mon frere, do we have football news and so much of it. Now, as some of you know, that tune in and everything, Randy and I often talk about Arizona and the Heat, but mainly we focus on teams that, you know, are more in the news and the Chicago bears have been in the news. New York giants have been pretty quiet. Tampa Bay re-signed all their stars, Kansas city. We had a Patrick Mahomes surgery, but it, the Arizona Cardinals made some moves, Corey made some pretty big moves too. So my question for you is when we take a look at the Arizona Cardinals, how about we rank some of these signings? Um, we have J.J. Watt, we have A.J. Green, the trade for the center, and I can't remember his name, and it's going to kill me. And then we also have the new signing, the James Conner signing today. So, Corey, in your hierarchy, where do you put these moves? Uh, the first one, the one at the very top, I would say, is Rodney Hudson, which is the, the center. And it's because... That offensive unit, players not named Murray or Hopkins were kind of off last year. There was not a lot of not a lot of communication on the offensive line, and they had Mason Cole, which was only a second year center. I could be wrong on that, but he didn't he didn't come with the leadership skills that Rodney Hudson is going to bring to the O line. So I would probably break that number one. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think with having the addition of a center, and I always stress how Arizona just needs offensive linemen, offensive linemen, I wouldn't stop there. But that's a pretty good addition to be able to get him for a mid-round pick from Oakland. I think, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. I better put a coin in the jar now. Yeah. But um, I, I like that for the, the Cardinals because it makes a lot of sense. Um, I wouldn't disagree. So number two. Number two, I'm actually going to go with Marcus Golden. I think oh, re-signing wow. him and bringing somebody that's on a team-friendly deal that um, would bring a lot of 
graciousness to the locker room, for lack of a better word, I think that does a lot to a culture, and especially because we got him so cheap. Yeah, I would say retaining a premier defensive player is always a big move. I, I actually wouldn't put him number two because I actually think number two, as odd as it may sound for me, is A.J. Green. I think what A.J. Green might be able to do, if healthy, is really going to take a lot of pressure off a guy like a Christian Kirk. I think they still need a tight end, but you know we can go from there. So number three now for you, Corey. Number three is J.J. Watt. Um, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, a lot of the Cardinals' moves this offseason have been based on culture, and you could already tell on Twitter that the locker room is changing because you see a lot of uh, – you see J.J. Watt kind of intermingling and already challenging guys on Twitter, and that's really going to pay off. Yeah, with a guy that brings that level of work ethic, who's always pushing teammates to be better, to work harder, to push that extra mile, will always make a difference. And that's why I also have J.J. Watt as number three. I think it was a very good move. I don't love the contract. I, I think it's a bit of an overpay. Uh, he definitely went where the money was at, but I kind of see what the Cardinals yeah. are doing here. They're really trying to build up their offensive and defensive lines. And let's face it, if we know anything from this past Super Bowl, offensive line and defensive line, actually, you know, those are your two premier positions. It's nice to have the quarterback. You almost have to have the quarterback, but those two areas are also very important. So, oh, yeah. Number four. Malcolm Butler is my fourth. Just that uh, veteran presence on the on the defensive end. Uh, Patrick Peterson meant a lot to the Arizona community, but he also cost us a lot of games last season. Not that he was in the final play in blue coverage, like against Stefan Diggs against the Bills, <laughs> but he gave up. I forget the exact stat, but it was like. 100-plus yards just in penalties. The guy could not play man coverage, and that's what Vance just likes to run. And luckily, I think that Malcolm Butler is better fit for the system. Yeah, Malcolm Butler is kind of a tough get here for me because I think what I saw with a lot of them with Tennessee is I do think he's an upgrade over Patrick Peterson, how much of an upgrade, I just, I really don't know. Um, but to me, it's really like almost by default here. I think you do have to go with Malcolm Butler as four. I, I do agree at four, he's important. Because I don't love the guy who they just signed today. I, I think the running back position has been kind of a weird situation for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray kind of feels like the de facto running back. But with DeAndre Hopkins with A.J. Green, with Christian Kirk. And I, I still think they need to add a tight end to really make this offense dynamic. And I, I kind of got a weird thought, but we can get into that in a few. But to me, um, number four is Malcolm Butler. So let's round out your top five. Who's number five? This is hard because there's like, there's a separation or as Billy Bean says, you know, there's 50 feet of crap <laughs> in between four and five for me. Oh no. And 
I'm gonna say James Conner for five. I'm not super into it like you. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the signing because I think Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I think he deserved more touches. I don't really understand what the point of bringing in James Conner was. Um, but on the same hand, you know, last year he was injured. The year before that, he put up huge numbers. Um, James Conner came into the league. When was he drafted? I think he was a mid-round pick probably in 2017-ish. There we go. He was he was in the, the third round of 2017, and he's always had a decent motor. So, Yeah. I, to, to me, Le'Veon Bell was always kind of the driving force behind that. Connor played with some pretty good skill position players, and, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was – nearing the end of his peak um that was kind of right in that time frame i don't really love james connor for a, a lot of reasons i feel like he's hesitant for contact he doesn't really hit the hole as hard as you would want um he does offer some receiving ability but to me chase Edmonds would get the bulk of my carries i also feel like you can draft a running back later in the rounds I, anytime you pay a running back that really hasn't stood out with their current team, just go draft a guy. They're really easy to get in the draft. And I know everyone kind of like, they'll look at top tier running backs drafted, Adrian Peterson, stuff like that. But those guys are rare. You're not going to find one in this draft. I don't believe, but the the Cardinals have some different avenues they can go in this draft, but paying James Connor, that type of money, I just, I don't love it. So Yeah, and you, you can take a look at the game film. It, it's not outstanding, and Chase Edmonds showed a lot of things. I still think the Cardinals are best served with a dual running back um, system. I wouldn't go you know, feature one running back in the NFL anymore. It's just not the way this, this game is played anymore, especially with Kyler Murray taking up nine to ten carries per game. Yeah. So with, with all that that we've laid out, We know how good the Seahawks are. We know how good the 49ers are. And we know how good the Rams are going to be too. Now, especially with Matthew Stafford. With all of these moves, Corey, how do you see the NFC West playing out? Do you see the Cardinals in the top echelon of this division? Or do you think they're more towards the kind of third or fourth spot? I feel like I'd put them in third. um, Mainly because of how much better the um how much better the Seahawks got well I'm sorry no and just the fact that the Seahawks were able to retain Russell Wilson I mean they trade him they're at the bottom of the pitch there's there's no two ways about it in my mind and just in case Henry's watching it's not because the 49ers are bad the bottom of this division is going to be Whatever the new nine and seven is. Yeah. So maybe nine and eight, uh, eight and nine was what we're looking at, or seven and yeah. ten even. So seven and ten is going to look really weird. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that there's a, a team that sucks, but I do think that going from a quarterback like Goff, where I feel like Sean McVay sort of had to feed him cheese because <laughs> they would always call bootlegs. It's like here, here's here's some yardage to Matthew Stafford, who's got that 
uh, veteran mindset, I think it's going to really ignite his offense, and that scares me. Yeah, I think what you'll see with this division is going to play out. I, I like Arizona a lot. I think it's a really good team. I think they have some pieces there that can really electrify a crowd. To me, I think this is going to play out one or two ways. The 49ers were the most injured team in the NFL last year by a mile. It wasn't even close. Is lightning going to strike twice for that team? I don't know. But what I do know is you talk about teams that are consistently good, and those teams are good at the quarterback position. The 49ers haven't been getting production at the quarterback position. The Rams weren't getting production at the quarterback position that they wanted with golf, so they traded for Stafford. And I think Stafford might be the biggest upgrade in this division for any team. I, I, I honestly think for me, if I'm looking at this and I'm handicapping this division, I'm going to put the Rams first. I, I think the Rams are actually maybe the best team in the NFC. They have the best defensive player in the NFL. That defense is really good. Leonard Floyd cashed in. Jalen Ramsey may be one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. So they get those guys back. And now you add Matthew Stafford. I still think they may be a wide receiver away and they don't really have draft ammunition to get another wide receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see if they get a guy outside of Deshaun Jackson who can blow the top off a defense, but also you have Robert Woods and Cooper cup, but I'm going Rams, Arizona, Seattle, and San Francisco. And I preface that by saying I'm doing it by quarterbacks, you know, the Rams love Stafford. I think Stafford's better. I, I really like Kyler Murray and everything that he's shown. Kyler Murray's been pretty good, and I think he takes that next step forward again. It's going to be a big year. Year three is always big for these guys. Yeah. Russell Wilson, I'm not feeling like that's going to be a good marriage. That There's just so much stuff that happened in this offseason, and I think he knows that he's not wanted there, and I actually see Seattle moving on from him after this year. And then I, well, for San Francisco, and that's purely because who the hell knows who's playing quarterback for them. They take Mac Jones third, and we'll talk about that, or Justin Fields third. I, I don't like either of those options. And basically, you're forcing Jimmy G's hand, so maybe he wants to get out of there. It, it's a bad situation, but that's how I have them stacked up. No, that makes sense. I think I have a bit of a controversial take the more that I've sat on, on thinking about the 49ers. I think Mac Jones might be the best thing for what they're what they're trying to do. I don't think he's the second best quarterback, third best quarterback. I think that when Shanahan saw him throw, you saw that video and he had flashbacks of when <laughs> Jimmy G overthrew him in the Super Bowl. But if they're establishing a run first team, they don't need a mobile quarterback. That's why I wouldn't be shocked if they took Mac Jones at three. So here, here's what would scare me, and this is like a doomsday scenario for all NFC West fans outside of here, the 49ers. What if you know what you have in this team, and I don't know why this other team would do it, but let's just put it out there. What if the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers, and they were, you know, obviously number three pick is going to the Packers, Obviously, the Packers are going to have to take on that huge salary. It's a homecoming for Aaron Rodgers, so I don't think he's going to say, no, I'm not going to go to San Francisco. I think he would actually welcome it. 
And that roster, all of a sudden, if the 49ers get Aaron Rodgers, that's the best team in the NFL. And, and by, mm-hmm. by hands down, I think you put Aaron Rodgers on this 49ers team, it, it, it's lights out. They are the best team in the NFL. They can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the Bucks. They can beat whoever they need to beat, bar none. Yeah, it's if that happens, just give them the title. Don't even have a season. Just, I mean, I don't normally like to speak in broad terms like that, but if Rodgers is going back to the team that he watched obsessively as a child, and now he has a chance to really make an impact on that history, plus his skill set, plus the actual defense, plus the running game, forget about it. Yeah, and, like, and, and that number three pick is going to carry a lot of weight too. Uh, if the, if, and it's really going to show if the Packers believe in Jordan Love. You, you don't take a quarterback in the first round and sit him for three years anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. It's something that we just don't see. I mean, the Packers have done it because they had the luxury of doing it, but people were talking about Rodgers to New England, and I I don't believe that as much as I could just see is that Rodgers. And and Henry's making some good points. He talks about is Fields the guy. Fields is the guy for the 49ers. Everything else is a smokescreen. And then he's saying problem with that is how long does A.A. Ron have in him? I I can see Rodgers playing eight more years realistically. You know, you take a look at quarterbacks. Rodgers is what, 37, I believe, 37, 36, so somewhere around that age range. Tom Brady's turning 44 this year. Uh, Drew Brees played until 42. I, you know, I'm not questioning how long these greats can go. How long does he want to go? I think they get him for at least six more years. And that keeps Bosa on his rookie contract. And then he get, makes that big money. To, to me, it's a logical fit for the 49ers to do whatever they can to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. It may be unlikely, but that would be my move. I would, I would put him at about four or five more years. I mean, maybe I could see six to seven. If, if San Fran still runs that, uh, that heavy run offense that they do, and that might extend them a little bit, but I don't know what kind of goat juice Tom Brady is drinking to be playing at 44, but I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers is drinking it. He's banging too many supermodels, not marrying any of them. Well, Aaron Rodgers is now <laughs> engaged. He is marrying oh, that's right. Cheyenne Woodley. So he, he's a different man now, Corey. He's settling down. So also the, the thing to take in. So I look at quarterbacks in two ways. The reason Brady Brady's never gotten hit really hard in his career. He's very aware of where guys are at sacks, always complaining to the referees. Aaron Rodgers is the same way. I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers take a big shot. I mean, he's gotten injured uh, more so than Brady has, but with that 49ers offensive line, it's not bad. That's a really good offensive line. So you put Rodgers behind that 49ers offensive line with how they run and my Lord, him with play action and having a guy like George Kittle, you know, an ASU product and Brandon Ayuk. And um, I'm forgetting the other guy. I'm killing myself. Yep. Debo Samuel. I mean, he's got weapons now, not that he doesn't have a guy to the caliber of Devontae Adams, but Kittle's very good. It would make a lot of sense. Rodgers would immediately be the best quarterback in that division, and the 49ers would be the best team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, 
we don't know if that would happen. It seems unlikely. That's the long shot of long shots. So realistically, now we have to take a look at what's there. And we were talking about it pre-show, Corey. I kind of like the NFC West division quarterbacks. And I ask you a question. I just want your thoughts. Does the NFC West have the best quarterbacks in the NFL as a division? As a division, yes. The only the only one that the only one that came up when we were trying to figure it out was the uh, maybe the AFC West with uh, Carr, Mahomes, and Herbert. But Herbert might be a flash in the pan. Uh, Derek Carr is in trade rumors every off season. And then Pat Mahomes is a league of his own. So the best conglomerate of quarterbacks is, I feel like it's the NFC West. I, I can't think of another division that comes close. Yeah, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think that's been well documented on this podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I've joked around that he has the right arm of God, and I'm not sure if that's so much of a stretch. Um, Mahomes <laughs> is really good. He can make up for two average quarterbacks. I, I like Herbert a lot. Carr is kind of iffy to me. So when I take a look at the NFC West, I, I you know, we kind of have to project here. So let, we know three quarterbacks right now. We know it's Wilson. We know it's going to be Kyler Murray. And we know it's going to be Matthew Stafford. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Now we have to look at the 49ers, and this is the big wild card, but I think we all agree those three quarterbacks are pretty damn good. I mean, I think for a lot of people, they're in the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. So whatever the 49ers do at three, and if if they keep Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, this is where the rubber meets the road. If you take Mac Jones, I think it's just such a massive overpay. If you take Justin Fields at three, there's so much work there. His mechanics are flawed. You know, it's going to have to be at least a year. And even then, I don't like it because mechanics, when shit hits the fan, Corey, I'm always of the belief that you fall back to what you always did. And what he has always done is have shitty mechanics. The only way it worked with Aaron Rodgers is that he sat for three years, three seasons, and all they did was work on his mechanics. Mechanics, they drilled it into his head. So all of a sudden it became muscle memory. To me, I do not love Justin, Justin Fields because I think he's going to revert to that unless he sits for at least two seasons. Yeah, if I'm... I, th- I think... If, I, if, I'm, if I'm the 49ers, I might draft Panay Sewell because I... I don't see the point in trading up for these particular quarterbacks. I, you know, Justin Fields has a lot of pretty tape, but all the, all the NFL scouts, uh, Walter football and some of the stuff that I've read is there's two words that come up a lot when you read about Justin Fields and that's run first. And that spells tragedy to me. Yeah. I, I think part of what I worry about, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think when you talk about Justin Fields is, you know, the, the run first, I'm not sure if I always believe that. Um, I, I think with quarterbacks, it's more of an athletic position now than it's ever been. 
Patrick Mahomes is I'll put Patrick Mahomes as elusive. Aaron Rodgers as elusive. Matthew Stafford's basically a statue now. I'm sure Leon Tompkins has seen Stafford get sacked plenty of times. <laughs> and to me, when you break it down, Justin Fields does have great athletic ability. Um, he, he, and here's the difference, really, when you take a look at it from a deep dive into the NFL, just between college, is the longer it takes the football to leave your hand, the quicker the DBs are going to be able to break on that ball. And the way Justin Fields and his, like, his hiccup because when he throws his elbow comes up here like it's such a weird motion and then he has to come back up and that just takes longer it's hard to get your arm in that position and that's going to allow dbs to break on it henry says that you know jimmy can be with the 49ers for one to two more years and that'll allow fields to sit for two years ideally that's what i think you have to do absolutely yeah but you trade it up to three you know, you don't draft a guy third overall to sit for two years. I mean, that's asinine. Maybe in the 20s you do it, but at number three for a team that's supposed to be contending for a Super Bowl, I, I just I don't like it. I, I think it's a bad move. And I agree with you. Sewell at three makes a lot of sense, but not for the 49ers. So to me, I, I do believe it's Mac Jones. He's the most NFL ready. And I think I, I go back. I think Jimmy G is going to get traded to New England. And I think Mac Jones is the day one starter for the 49ers. I know Henry's going to be kind of upset about that, but I, I just, you don't trade up to three to sit a guy. Yeah. Well, and I remember reading a while ago that um, a lot of times teams will draft quarterbacks that are either close to what they already have that fix their scheme or fits what they have in the future. And if they're continuing to build the run game, I think Mac Jones is a better option than Justin Justin Fields. If they're going to be a run-heavy offense and the quarterback has to make uh, the occasional third and five, fourth and five throw. Yeah. Um, It's going to be interesting. And I go back to what Henry said when we talked about projection and Henry said it in the comments. As you know, he loves us talking about his Niners. Have to give him the, the Niner love. Um, really, we know who's going one and two at this point. We know it's Trevor Lawrence. We know it's Zach Wilson. I, I think that's done. So the 49ers really do control this draft. And, you know, we heard the rumors that the Panthers love Mac Jones. And just because they traded for Sam Darnold does not mean that the Panthers are not going to go get a quarterback. But to me, I agree with that sentiment. Um, it is just on the 49ers, they will set this draft up. And once it gets past number two, whatever the 49ers do, it will have a ripple effect on how the rest of this draft goes. Because I, I we, we looked at it. Atlanta wants to trade out of four, and we're going to transition into the draft talk here in a second. But if the 49ers don't take a quarterback, who knows what happens at that point. But with that being said, I think we agree, Corey. You just need your confirmation. The NFC West has the best quarterback situation in the NFL, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So now we get to talk and, you know, we talked about Justin Fields a little bit, but I want your opinion. And this is huge for the 49ers. It's huge for the Jaguars. It's huge for the Jets. It's huge for the Panthers. Eagles possibly moving back up into the top eight, possibly. Um, I think we can eliminate Cincinnati from the quarterback discussion. I think we can eliminate Miami from the quarterback discussion, but 
what are your thoughts on this quarterback class? Who are your top five? Top five is Trevor Lawrence is far and above the top. He's got a long resume. He's got uh, experience at the highest levels. He's probably number one. Zach Wilson, purely because of mechanics and that insane throw that he made at his pro day, I would probably put him at number two, even though I'm not I'm not super fond of the fact that he had a really big second year and a dismal one or two before that. I'm not huge on that. Number three, number three, I'm putting Trey Lance because I feel like Trey Lance is a diamond in the rough. I would consider him probably, if you're going to draft a quarterback to sit him, I would say he's the perfect candidate. Uh, number four, I'm going to probably put, I'm probably going to put Mac Jones um, just because of some of the things his teammates said, some of the his decision-making skills. I'd probably put him at four. Wait, yeah, four. And five, five's a tie for me between Trask and Sam Ellinger. Well, I'm not a Fields fan. Wow. You come from you come from that school. I do not trust you as an NFL quarterback. The, that is a prevailing thought among quite a few people, um, especially in our football life group. Wow, I, I did not see Fields being all the way out of the out of the bottom. M- my thought not far, but. Yeah, yeah, I think Trask, it's hard for me because we take a look at some of these quarterbacks and there's some tantalizing physical traits to all of the top five guys that they talk about. And that's Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Jones, and Fields. I mean, there's some elite arm talent there. Uh, When you really break it down and you talk about mechanics, decision-making, how are you are? To, To me... Fields falls behind a couple of guys for a couple of reasons. One, the competition. I don't love the Big Ten. When he played Northwestern, arguably, you know, a team that has one legit NFL starting defensive player on it in um, Newsom, the cornerback, Fields struggled mightily last year against that team in 2020. So that does worry me. That doesn't make me feel great about it. He also struggled against Alabama, a team that's going to feature some defensive players in that at the NFL level. Um, The thing that I think favors Fields is he didn't have a lot of probably NFL talent on his side either. It wasn't like he was throwing to Devontae Smith and to Jalen Waddle, but Ohio State's not fielding scrubs out there either. So I think it's kind of, you know, 50-50 with Fields, not entirely on him for struggling, but also some of it is, you know, he needs better help, better skill position players. Uh, Mac Jones, to me, it's this. This is the hardest guy to judge in this mm-hmm. draft. Um, I know what Trey Lance could be, and I think my whole thought process on Trey Lance is he's going to get somebody fired if they're not careful. You start Trey Lance day one, I, I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. If he goes to the right situation and he can sit for a year or two, this kid might be the second best quarterback in this draft. He is that good. His footwork's really good. He's just got to fix. It's that back step on the drop where it's angled and it takes him a longer time to get upright. 
And like we talked about with Fields, it's the mechanical issues with some of these guys. It's as little as that, where your leg, where you're not standing up, ready to get rid of the football, where you have to make extra movements. That matters so much in the NFL. Um, you know, it's almost like a pitcher having a compact throwing motion. You'd rather be compact instead of having all these things flailing about. So that's my concern with Lance is just getting that back leg straight on that drop. Don't have it at that angle. It just takes too long to get it right back up. So, but if they fix that, Lance might be the best prospect in this draft outside of Lawrence. It's really close. Yeah. Zach Wilson's just mechanically sound. Everything is so tight. The throwing motion's effortless. And what impressed me the most, and we can compare the Fields Pro Day throw versus the Wilson Pro Day, but they're two different throws. Fields was throwing with the motion of his body going towards the sideline. Wilson had to throw across his body on his momentum, carrying him the other way and threw an absolute dime on the money across his body on a post route, which was phenomenal. Just absolutely gorgeous throw. So to me, two different throws, two different quarterbacks, but it is Lawrence Wilson. And then I, I just, I hate the rest of these quarterbacks. I probably wouldn't take one in the first round at that point, but yeah, we're probably looking at Lawrence one, Wilson two, um, Henry saying fields three, you're saying Jones at three, Corey. Yeah. I don't feel good about it, but I, I don't know. Cause I watch Jones and I get AJ McCarron vibes and I don't, I hate this draft class too. I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be the best ever quarterback draft class. You never know what these things. It might. <laughs> but but I, I just, you know, you take a look at some of these guys and these teams are so desperate for quarterbacks. They're so thirsty and you're going to be missing out on prospects. I have two offensive linemen that should go in the top six. And that's where Sean Slater and Sunil or Panay Sewell. Those two guys are fantastic left tackles. You get those guys, you would be very happy. If Slater falls to a team like the Eagles, I mean, that's a dream come true. The, the, the guy is technically sound. He basically was able to block Chase Young in 2019 one-on-one. And, and that's no Jeez. small task when he was at Northwestern. So Slater's good. Sewell is Orlando Pace in the rough. Th- this kid is going to be fantastic. And then we got the wide receivers. When we talk about Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, all those guys are great. And Corey, here's where your Arizona Cardinals come in. You guys need to trade up, trade a few first round picks, get Kyle Kylie Pitts. Pitts or get Kyle Pitts. That offense would be the best offense in the NFL. No, I'm I'm on board with that too, especially because our GM sucks at the first round. Unless it's blatantly obvious. <laughs> he sucks. I, I, I mean, I'm speaking as a Bears fan, um, unfortunately. I know all too well the damage of failed first-round picks. Mitch Trubisky, Leonard Floyd, Kevin White. Um, so, yeah, I know. When your GM cannot hit on first-round picks, it sets you back by so much. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I have to give number three here. And Randy and I, when we get closer to the draft, We'll have our mock draft, and we'll have some of you guys participate in that mock. But number three, I'm going to go Trey Lance. I think the Niners are going to take Trey Lance at number three. 
Um, I, I think Mac Jones and Fields is just a gigantic screen to hide what they really want. I think Trey Lance is that guy that really separates from Jones and Fields, where it's just a back leg issue. But everything else, this kid is spectacular. So I, I like him at the 49ers to three. And then where, where do we go from here, Corey? Who, who's the next team to draft a quarterback? After the Niners? Yeah, because we have the Falcons at four, who admittedly want to trade out a four. And then I think we have at five, the Bengals. I think the Bengals stay at five because they're going to get their choice between Pitts, um, maybe Sewell if he's still there, or um, we could be looking at Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith one of those wide receivers. So I, I don't think it's three. I don't think it's going to be four or five and the dolphins aren't taking a quarterback. Yeah. I, I would say that the next quarterback goes to number nine. Um, I think the, I think the Broncos do. I don't get the drew lock hate, but then again, mm. I haven't watched a lot of drew lock, so I could, uh, from what I read, Denver is going to take the quarterback at nine. Yeah, M- Matthew Whelan's probably seen more Drew Locke than what he wants to. So <laughs> D- Drew Locke just underwhelms. Um, really, it's just poor decision-making. And a-, a lot of it's just, you know, w- w- where's that next step from for him? And I, I think it's frustrating. I-, I don't think they've seen what they want wanted to see from him. So I think they do move on. And I agree with you. I think the Broncos at nine get a quarterback. If Mac Jones is there at nine, I, I think it's a slam dunk they're taking him. I could also see them trading up to four. If Mac Jones is there at four, I think they trade up to four and get themselves Mac Jones. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta ends up taking Lance at four. I, I like that a lot. It, it makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you there. Arthur Smith is a great offensive mind. I think he would fit Trey Lance perfectly if that's where Trey Lance were, were to fall. Obviously, he's off my board to the 49ers at this point. So Atlanta goes Trey Lance, which is reasonable. Then at number nine, there's nothing left there for the Broncos unless you have you see them taking Justin Fields. I could if 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 for some reason um, Lance Wilson Lawrence and I I think if those three are gone, I almost feel like Denver picks their quarterback in rounds two or three with Trask Ellinger or. Who's that the Bears keep getting connected to? Uh, I keep forgetting. Kellen Mond. Or, or Mond. Yeah. I feel like they go in the later rounds and go after somebody either defensive or get their new quarterback a weapon at nine. Yeah, that that, that to, to me, I, I think Justin Fields – goes to the Broncos at four. I, I, I would have the Broncos trading up to four, and I think they take them. I, I think Mac Jones, rightfully so, was the last quarterback in the first round taken. Uh, just because I, I just think there's so much around him that I just don't 
I, I can't believe the hype. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like his throws and everything. When, when we talk about Ohio State quarterbacks, I feel the same way about Alabama quarterbacks. Like Absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. That's why my top three are Lawrence, Wilson, and Lance. I, I, I want to stay as far away from Fields and Jones as humanly possible. But, yeah, I, I think we see a scenario, Corey, where all five of those quarterbacks are gone in the first round. And the big winners are probably going to be the Jags and the, the Jets. I think uh, – I don't think Fields falls past – where the hell are they at? 15. Assuming that, assuming that Minnesota doesn't trade up to 10 – I'm sorry. Assuming that New England doesn't trade up to 10 and Fields falls, I think the Patriots end up, end up with Fields. That would be something. Um, I'm not going to discount it. I, I think what we see with quarterbacks in these drafts is that sometimes they fall and we don't know where they go. And New England, I, I, I just go back to the feeling like, I'm not sure if Bill Belichick wants to start off with a rookie quarterback in his 70s. To, to me, I think, I think Belichick's going to want a guy that's ready to go. That's why I see a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo as a possibility, especially if they take Mac Jones at three for the 49ers. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a little tough, I think, for the Patriots to commit to a rookie quarterback. And that leaves teams like, well, let's face it, the, the Bears desperately need something at quarterback. And you know, I hate talking about the Bears as much as I do because it's just such a sad, depressing piece of shit franchise at this point. But when you need a quarterback and you sign Andy Dalton and you still have Nick Foles on the roster, you can't possibly tell me those two guys are going into, you know, your mini camp as your two quarterbacks. They're the same dude. So um, at 20, I, I think that hurts the Bears, but I think the Bears are going to take you know, a player that could help them, whether it's cornerback or offensive tackle. I think those are the two positions that we're going to see them attack at 20 if they don't trade back. But with the quarterbacks there, you know, Kellen Mond, second round grade, it seems like. Sam Ellinger, who I really like. I, I like him a lot. I think he I would almost put him above Mac Jones or right at Mac Jones level. Obviously he needs some refinement. He doesn't have as big of an arm as Jones does, but he's still a decent quarterback. Um, well, and the, and yeah. the sample size with Ellinger is so much more than, than Jones. I mean, if I pull up Ellinger's last season, he didn't do great at Texas, but he was, he was that team's leader for, Two or three years. Yeah, and I think college starts matter. The more you play in college, the more it helps you. And I think that's a big indicator on success. Um, one of the big hits on what we saw with Mitch Trubisky was he only played one year at North Carolina. That was like a big tell right there. The guy couldn't beat out another quarterback. So now we kind of see why. Yeah, it looks like Ellinger was – the starter since 2017 and he had two 400 yard seasons and he dipped to 322 or no that's attempts yeah i'm i'm about to clock out of work so my mind's a little come on so Corey. he had 
He had two 3,000-yard seasons, and then last year was a 2,500-yard season, okay. it looks like, with 150.7 quarterback rating. Yeah, and, and we talk about guys that didn't have a lot around him. This wasn't a very good Texas team that he was with either, so um, it, it kind of makes you like, okay. And then we take a look at Kyle Trask, um, or Trask. I'm not sure if his first name's Kyle. I'm getting I got Kyle Pitts on the brain, but that's where I'm going here. Trask thrown to Kyle Pitts. I mean, it kind of makes you think like, and I know our good friend, Jacob Anthony Moses loves Trask. Big Florida guy. He's, he's seen a lot of Trask plays. I, I like Trask too. I don't think he's bad. I, I feel comfortable with the Ellinger and Trask in that second, third, fourth round. I, I would much rather do that than take, Fields or Jones in the first round, uh, you know, it just, yeah, it just feels a little bit safer. You're not wasting draft capital on one of those guys. So I, I, I think we see where this goes. Now I have to ask you transitioning to college football prospects. Who is the best prospect in this draft? Outside of Trevor Lawrence. Well, well, no, I, okay. So I, I think you agree with Randy and I that Trevor Lawrence is by far the best prospect in this draft. I, I, I think, yes. that, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that, that's uh, pretty much a given. So, okay. Outside of the quarterback position, which we have beat to death, <laughs> who is the best player in this draft outside of the quarterback position? To me, it's either Sewell or Pitts. Yeah, Pitts I've been hearing a lot. It's, um, I mean, he has a lot of, he has the tight end size, wide receiver speed. He has great ball skills. He might be the, he might be one of the few reasons why Kyle Trask is even mentioned in draft talk. Because he's, I, I hear a lot of comparisons to Tony Gonzalez. I don't know. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Florida, so I can't agree or disagree with that. But there, I would I would say Kyle Pitts is probably the best non-quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I, I think Kyle Pitts it doesn't come out with a blocking reputation, and I, I don't. Blocking is something that you need to do with, you know, tenacity. It, it's in you. You know, we talk about dog. You got to have that dog in you to want to block, and that's what worries me about Pitts. He comes in the NFL, like he's a weapon, but it's like, okay, is he a wide receiver or is he a tight end? And, and I, I compare him to Travis Kelsey. I mean, Tony Gonzalez could block. That's what I think is a little bit disrespectful in that comparison because Tony Gonzalez had that little bit of dog in him. He would block, but he was also a pass catcher, but he was able to do inline blocking. Um, to me, the, the appropriate comp, I think, is Travis Kelsey here. Travis Kelsey will block too, but he's not he's – not, you know, top-notch blocker, but, I mean, his receiving skills are unbelievable. Kelsey, I think, 6'5", 255, 265, and just catches everything and is just a matchup nightmare for any offense or for any defense. And I think that's what Kyle Pitts is. Um, yeah. But my best player in this draft is Devontae Smith. And I know people are worried about his frame, but to me – the tape doesn't lie. Um, what you see is like he he's played against NFL level cornerbacks in the SEC. 
Um, you know, wide receivers worry me about one year because this was supposed to be Jalen Waddle's breakout year, but Jalen Waddle was hurt. But you know, to me, with what these two guys can do, I, I really love Devontae Smith. Um, I know people will say Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft, but I'm not sure if I totally and completely buy that. Also, do not sleep on a guy like Micah Parsons out of Penn State. He's got good pass rushing skills. He might be one of those elite pass rushers. Uh, Aaron Donald, one of the big knocks coming out of him or coming out of the draft for him was his size. They're like, oh, man, he might be too small to play defensive tackle. Everyone said he was going to go to the Bears as a three technique. Well, he went to the Rams, and he's been just a dominant player ever since day one. So I, I like Micah Parsons, but – you know, the top three to me would be Sewell as well, rounding out that top three for me. So I, I'd go Smith, Sewell, um, and Parsons. Pitts is right in there too, but, you know, I, I kind of like my defensive linemen and my offensive linemen. No, that makes sense. I think I think a, a player that I'd like to highlight, and I have a piece coming out, hopefully the next couple of weeks, that has him to the Dolphins and one of his – with one of their later first round picks is uh, Gregory Russo. Oh, out of Miami, right? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's probably one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite prospects because of his, um, his read and react skills. Um, he has, a, he has a great ability to shed blocks and his speed makes him perfect to chase down. Mo- can't talk chase down mobile quarterbacks so is he projected to be i I read that he's supposed uh he projects more as a three four outside linebacker is that what they're having him as or do they envision him as a you know a down hand on the ground defensive lineman as a defensive end all of all of the the limited tape that i watched with him is he's always he's always got his hand on the ground okay I don't really see the point because if he's fast, it would make more sense if he started up and then that way he could read the play and go where he needs to. Yeah. I, I think it's tricky when you take a look at um, guys, I, I played defensive and an outside linebacker and I felt more comfortable with my hand in the dirt just because I could, I'd shot out low, you know, keeping low and getting underneath those offensive tackles always kind of helped me um, just get that little extra advantage. Whereas I think standing up, you know, I'm standing up and it gives the offensive lineman a little more of a chance to get their hands into my chest, which I hated. So, I mean, I, I could see the positive and negatives for them both. Uh, standing up does give you a little bit of that extra advantage. You can see what's going on more before the play happens. So, well, I, I do like Rousseau. I, I think there are some really interesting prospects. I don't think there's an elite level pass rusher, but I will say this. There are some really good defensive linemen. There are some really good offensive linemen. If you don't get Slater or Sewell in the first round, I mean, those are your cornerstone left tackles in this draft. I mean, you get Sewell or Slater, you're going to be in good shape, but guards in this draft, Corey, it is extremely deep. Um, even a tackle to keep an eye out is Cosme from Texas. Um, kind of a big boy. I think he projects more as a right tackle. 
in the NFL, but you might be able to get him to play left tackle. I like Cosme, big body guy. So to me, the two deepest positions in this draft are wide receiver and offensive line followed shortly by defensive line. I think one of my what one of one of the offensive line that I wouldn't mind the Cardinals taking at sixteen, and that I like in this draft is uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Dylan Raduns from NDSU. Okay, um, I I gotta be honest with you, uh, I've uh, that name has been bantered around quite a bit. I've not seen tape on him, so I just don't have yeah. a really solid opinion on him. So do, do you I mean, know what he does well? He, uh, at least the, the scouts that, that I cite in the article said that he does terrific awareness, fires into blocks. He's explosive, has a great motor, um, does a great job of body, body positioning. And he's got a little bit of longevity because he's he's played since, Oh, the computer's not working. He's played since like 2016 or 2017 for NDSU and really showed out at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I, I think those guys, you know, a, a large portion of their careers, they go unnoticed at those smaller schools. And it takes a guy like a Trey Lance or a Josh Allen or a Carson Wentz to really, you know, get them noticed too, which is never a bad idea. You always kind of like to see some of these guys get some shine. Um, to, to me, I worry about some of those guys because they're not playing against NFL prospects. You know, the Senior Bowl, to me, I, I wonder if that's a little bit, you know, it's a higher level of the Pro Bowl. And I do have to add, uh, Jacob Anthony Moses did say there's solid cornerbacks in this draft, too. And I do agree. Um, we talk about Newsom out of Northwestern, Patrick Sertain, the second. Dizzy Horn. Y yeah, an another great example. There's some dogs at corners in this position. And I, I, I think Sertain's the best. He's got that big body corner, uh, really good with his hands, top cornerback in this draft. Um, he should be gone before 20. But if he's there at 20, the, the Bears have to take him. He is going to be that dude. Um, he's a real good cornerback. So th there's guys in this draft that I like. Um, but I, I, wanted, I want that competition. And that guy at North Dakota State, I'm sorry, you know, I can't pronounce his name. So <laughs> to, to me, I, I think that at the end of the day, you have to build your foundation through the draft. Bears lost Kyle Fuller. Um, the Cardinals need to build a defensive foundation around some younger players. With, they let Hassan Reddick go to the Panthers after he had a huge sack season. Um, we could say it's Chandler Jones or J.J. Watt, but those guys are older. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't love the Isaiah Simmons pick last year because I thought it was redundant with Reddick. So I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Cardinals do in this draft. And like yeah. um, Jacob mentioned, the Jets are taking a cornerback. So with all these prospects, are the Cardinals taking offensive line or are they going to go cornerback, you think, in this draft? If J.C. Horn falls, I don't think the Cardinals miss him. I, I think that's who they have circled. I think they either have him or Travis Etienne circled. 
Oh, yeah, Etienne. Oh, man, the only, running back. The only reason why I say Etienne is because after he said he wanted to play for the Cardinals in the interview, a lot of things that I hear on the local stations is that Kime and him, he's been at every pro day. He's been There's pictures talking to him. I think they really like Etienne. I just don't think he's a first-round pick. I, I, Same. I, 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 trade back, I could see it. If that's what they want to do, that makes sense, especially with being such a deep draft and offensive lineman at the guard and center positions. It, it makes a lot of sense to trade back, so I can see that. So if they trade back, Etienne, sure. Yeah, I could see that. I want them I, – I, the player I want for the Cardinals is J.C. Horn. I think playing in the SEC against some of these Alabama receivers for as long as he has. Um, I like the fact that he – reading some of his uh, media quotes, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder already, so he comes in the league with really wanting to prove something. So I would like J.C. Horn – Assuming we stay at 16 and we don't trade up to four for Pitts. Okay. All right. Well, there you guys have it. All right. So that's our draft talk. And now we are entering our final phase here, Corey. Time's flying by here. But now we're going to the rapid fire questions. And so here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. The 2021 Jaguars, will they make the playoffs? No. Ooh, the 2020. Okay, go ahead. Expound, please. I just let me just double check the division. I I don't think I think only the Colts out of that division make it. I just, you know, we we fall in love with these prospects. And it, it just happened to me a little a little while ago when we drafted Kyler. We fall in love with these prospects. We say, you know what? They have all these great mechanics. But we forget the college. The college game is slower than the NFL game. So, I think for that reason, with the first-year quarterback, I don't think they make the playoffs. Ooh. Okay. All right. I don't look. The the AFC South is weird. The AFC is weird in general. But I, I tend to lean that way as well. All right. Moving on. Who will be the MVP for the Arizona Cardinals this season? Kyler. Ooh, okay. Beyond right. the shadow of a doubt. Who will be the rookie of the year after 2021? Out of everybody? Out of everybody. All the rookies. You, you got to give a rookie of the year. Well, it's probably going to be a quarterback because that's what it's been the last, what, five years? I would say, I would say it, it ends up either with Trevor Lawrence or Devontae Smith from Alabama. Oh, okay. All right. I, I don't disagree. How many years will Urban Meyer last at Jacksonville? Let's see. They kept, uh, I think, two. Oh, okay. That, that, that seems to be the popular answer. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot of people think Urban Meyer is um, – not one to stick around once trouble hits, but I can see him lasting two years with Jacksonville. Um, he's got some things to work with here. Okay. What teams will the NFC West send to the playoffs? Seattle, 
San Francisco and Los Angeles. Well, who will put up better numbers for 2021? Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson? Darnold. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I just, I don't, I think that in the end, Wilson is going to be the better quarterback. But okay. I think in this year, I think, I think Darnold has less of a learning hurdle to climb. So I put him. Man, that would be a nightmare scenario for Jets fans. But it's also very real. And I, I could see your point in that. Okay. So after the last pick in the seventh round, you know, and, and I know it's kind of hard to tell, but if you had to guess who is going to be the big winner at the end of the 2021 NFL draft? You mean teams-wise? Yeah, just team-wise. The New York Jets. Ooh, I don't disagree because I think they're going to do some things with the first and I think the 23rd pick overall or 24th pick. The Jets are going to do some things, and I really like what they have. I don't trust the Jags. Yeah, and especially I'm a big Robert Sala person. I think that was the hire of the offseason. Yes, uh, especially after playing him twice a year, you know, you could, you could always tell that sometimes San Francisco's offense was a little bit off kilter, you know, with the revolving door that they had at quarterback last season. And, you know, whenever Jimmy G went down, but that defense was always, they always came to play. And Sala is a huge part of that. You know, and I think sometimes we we always put too much credence into a team losing an offensive coordinator, but losing a defensive coordinator can have an equal profound impact. And I agree with you. Not only was that the higher of the off season by far, I, I, that move was the best. And it was so obvious that was the guy they should have taken, but not only that, but also the 49ers losing him was the biggest loss for any team this off season. Not, not, to be discounted, Arthur Smith hurts Tennessee a lot too, him going to Atlanta. But Robert Sala is that dude, man. You can just tell, like, he's a leader. He gets it. I, I, I think that's a home run hire. I, I cannot agree with you more that the Jets, yeah, yeah the, the Jets hit it out of the park there. And I think the Jets are going to be on the upswing here. Okay. With that being said, Jets or Giants, who has the better 2021? Giants. Oh, and it's that learning curve. There's a lot of new with the Jets. Okay. There's a lot of new. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm better I'm... in five years. The Jets better now the Giants. Yeah. I, I think in three years, the Jets will have the better quarterback by a mile. Um, I really like Zach Wilson. I think he's so much better than Daniel Jones. And with the coaching, Joe Judge is very good. Sal is very good. But I, I like Sala better than I like Judge. And that's nothing against Judge. I think Sala is just a different type of coach. So but bright things ahead for the Jets. All right. So we're, we're, we're going to be three more questions. Let's start off with MVP. If, if you had to predict an MVP for 2021 right now, who, who would you take to win the MVP for 2021? Keep in mind, it's 17 games now. We could see a 6,000-yard passer. Give me Josh Allen oh. for MVP. 
Oh no. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. All right. That that's my doomsday scenario. Um, <laughs> Henry oh, would yeah. be the first person on this podcast talking shit to me about that. So. <laughs> um, oh man. Oh, oh boy, that that would be a reckoning that I do not want to see. All right. What two teams are in the two thousand? The 2021 NFL season Super Bowl. Fuck, it's early. Uh, yep, yeah, it is early, and we still got the draft. But you know, these are two early predictions. Damn, I don't even know. There's so much. I think it's easier to to label the obvious teams that are out. I don't think the Steelers are making it. I don't think. No, we can get rid of the entire I, NFC East. Like, no, no team from NFC, the NFC East, East is out. Yeah. <laughs> um, no team in the AFC me, South. A- AFC, well, maybe the Colts. I got to take it back. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Give me the Chiefs for the AFC because I think they have a massive chip after that showing last year. Oh, yeah. And... So the NFC is tough because there's a lot of really good guys not in good situations. Yeah. I can't I can't escape this. I hate this team. Give me the give me the Rams for the NFC. Damn. <laughs> like I'm right there with you. <laughs> like those were the two teams I had on mine too. Um, <laughs> I, I can't get the thought out of my head that you know the Bucks are bringing everyone back. But, I mean, realistically, they should have lost to the Saints. How the Saints lost that game is beyond me. The Packers screwed the pooch. They decided not to play for a half. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, Brady threw three picks, and you should always lose when you throw three picks. So there's that. All right. So who wins that Super Bowl? Give me the Chiefs. I'll go with experience. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs get another Super Bowl, so I agree with you there. So um, there we have it. So I think we broke down a lot of pieces here, Corey. So I, w- I would like to thank you for jumping on, and please tell us who you write for, when we can expect your next article. I've read a few of them. I love them all. So please drop some of those. Uh, well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me, and I, I hope that, Randy, I hope it's a bounce back because uh, I know with a lot of vaccines, you know, people have down and then they come back even better after that. And with 5G. Yeah, I mean, no. he's walking <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, I write for WBLZ Media. Um, I'm mainly doing NFL draft stuff right now. And the editor is f- formatting all of them to, to fit the same way. So I'm not sure when he'll be done. But I usually write two a week. Okay. Yeah, and be on the lookout. You know, Corey will post them in football life. Like I said, um, he did one on the Bears quarterback situation, and I loved it. <laughs> I wish it would have turned out better than Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would have took any of your suggestions over the Red Rifle, but. I mean, I did have them drafting Mac Jones in that article. Yeah, boy, gosh, yeah. Well, a couple of months <laughs> make a huge difference with these quarterbacks flying off the top as they are. So. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it is crazy, but it's nice having you on. Um, for the people that are watching and are listening, a couple of reminders of what shows we have on the Life Group Network here. It really is a network at this point. So on, I, I believe it's um, Thursday, um, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. There's a lot of fallout after wrestling. And to me, um, Corey, I'm not sure if you ever watched it. I don't blame you if you didn't. You really weren't in that golden era of wrestling, so to speak. But man, um, some people say WrestleMania was a huge hit was this past weekend. I think it was kind of a dud after reading some of it. I don't watch it. I don't want to waste my time. Um, and then they followed up with Monday show, which may have been one of the worst shows ever. So Corey and Jason will definitely break that down along with any AEW wrestling. They do a great job. Love listening to those guys. Um, they're on Anchor. You can find them on iTunes um, and Spotify. And of course, on YouTube, Facebook, um, all, all the networks there. And then on Fridays, we have the Step Back Podcast with Leon Tompkins and Jacob Anthony Moses. Love the basketball talk, Corey. We are getting towards the playoffs at a rapid pace. I, oh, yeah. I think it was, what, maybe a week away now? I'd have to look. I mean, it's close. I think the playoffs start May 1st. Okay. All right. So I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. But, man, the NBA world, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they're, they're right in the thick of things. They're contenders. They can make some noise. The Lakers are injury prone with Anthony Davis hurt. Will LBJ come back the same player that he was? And the Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George, who knows what the hell they got going on. So I like the Suns this year. That'd be an entertaining playoff to watch. Yeah. And also tune into that to, you know, listen to Leon's biased Nets takes. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. He, do, he does a great job. Please, please listen to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Leon, <laughs> what we can't say, he has much better taste in basketball teams than he does in football teams. So <laughs> now he gets to root on Jared Goff. So um, we wish the best for Leon in that endeavor. So the Step Back Podcast on Fridays, entertaining. Love those guys. Those are our boys. Tune in. Make sure you listen to them. Total Basis Podcast with Felipe Melicio and Sean Flannery. If your fantasy baseball team is like mine and it's basically an episode of The Walking Dead because I have a bunch of guys you've never heard of, um, they help me out tremendously. They pushed me. Um, they helped me you know, really identify Freddie Peralta, who got me 29 points last night. That old boy, Freddie. And, um, you know, those guys do a great job breaking down fantasy baseball and giving some really good takes. And then on Monday, we have Dong City with Vince Mercandetti. I'm not sure if he's going to be back from vacation or if Henry will have another sit-in host, but Henry Maldonado Jr. and Vince do a great job. Melvin Lopez sat in last week. Loved, loved Dong City. I thought it was another home run episode or a Dong episode, as they may want me to say. Great show. Love it. Look forward to it. Um, talk more White Sox. That's all I can say. Um, less Yankees. Yeah, less Yankees. <laughs> Yankees suck. And oh, hey, right on cue, Corey, the Yankees are losing three to nothing. Go I'll look at Jets. that. Maybe they could stop ruining baseball now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would hope, right? Um, and, and then we come back. Randy should be back, we're hoping. You know, Randy, um, heartfelt, you know, is like a brother to me at this point. We've been doing this for so long. 
Um, it's always great to have guys like Corey. I, I love Jacob, Leon, Henry, Vince, I, the guys that sit in. And it's not to take anything away from any of you guys, but when you work as long with somebody um, that, that I have with Randy, you really develop that chemistry. So Randy, I miss you. I want you to get better. Like Corey said, you may come back better than ever, which is hard to imagine because you were pretty damn good while you were still here. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, speedy recovery. The Audible will be back on Tuesday, no matter what. Um, Corey, once again, thank you so much for jumping in. I know it wasn't easy. I, I got you at the last minute. And, you know, thank you so much. You, you are one of my boys. It's always nice to talk football with you. Uh, we kind of joke around at sometimes my expense about the bears. So I appreciate you jumping on, sir. No, thank you for having me. No problem with that. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful night and always be on the lookout for an award-winning Grammy nominated Oscar nominated Grammy nominated episodes of the audible. Good night. <laughs>